Good morning, everyone. We're so glad to see you at church this morning. Come on and worship with us. There's a song in my spirit. There's a joy in my soul. Come what will, come what may, I'll worship anyway. Oh, the devil can try it, try to quiet this song, but I'll sing out even louder than before. I'm gonna lift my voice and sing, I'm gonna give him everything, I'm gonna shout until these walls come down. I see the light and Jesus' name, I'm gonna laugh like he's away. I'm gonna dance until he lets me out. 
worship you, Lord. He's so good. And he's not just a good dad. He's the best dad. Amen. Can you turn to about two or three fathers in the room and just say happy Father's Day? Happy Father's Day. Happy soon-to-be Father's Day for some of the fathers. And you can grab a seat in the house of God. Oh, we just want to say welcome to Dothan First. For those of you that I haven't met yet, my name is Will Sees. I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, we just, we love that you decided to join us today, whether that's in person or online. So Dothan First, can you welcome our first-time guest this morning? Oh, we're so glad you're here. And if you're watching online, please let us know in the comments where you're watching from. But a few things we want you to do to start off is you can take out your smart device and you can text D1 text to 84576. You can uh, pull out your camera and scan the QR code that's on the screen, or you can grab the connect card from the seat pocket in front of you. And please fill out as much information as you don't mind us having. We would love to follow up with you. We want to thank you for being here with us. And if you'll hold on to that card, or if you filled it out online and show it to us at the end of service, if you'll meet us in our guest reception, as you exit, it'll be the room to your left. It'll, it'll say guest reception. Please show that to us. We want to exchange that for a gift. And just thank you for being in God's house this morning. Don't the first can we welcome our guests one more time. Oh, we love meeting new people. And uh, a few things that we want to also encourage you to do is if you if you aren't, you can follow us on any of our social media platforms. In fact, we encourage you to do so. That's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, one, to be connected with what's going on here. But then two, uh, we stream a lot of our services online. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're, you're wanting to partner with us in evangelistic efforts. You can share the service. Even if you're watching online, go ahead and share this. But please follow us on social media. Uh, we also have have the YouVersion Bible app, you want to jump on over there. One, we want to make God's Word accessible to everybody. So if you don't have a paper Bible, we also want to provide one. But also, uh, if you want to follow along with Pastor Mark's uh, sermon notes, we encourage you to do that. It's going to be a powerful message today, a message of life change and challenge. So please utilize that. And then one other thing we want to make you aware of is that we are in youth camp season. Uh, we just had kids camp this past week, and our young people's lives were changed. Can you get up for the next generation? And I don't like to just call them the next generation. I like to call them the now generation. So as we're in this camp season, maybe you're in the room, but if you're in the, between the ages of 12 to 18 or 6 to 12th grade, we would encourage you to go to youth camp with us. Uh, if you have any questions about cost or registration, please see myself or Pastor Lindsay after service. We want to help you and we want to invite you and challenge you to go. But today we want to honor fathers. We love fathers because we have a good father. Yeah, you can give it up for the dads in your life. And so I want to bring up our uh, administrative pastor, Pastor Carl Green. Can you give it up for him and two of his favorite boys as he comes to the platform? Day. Uh, as, as Pastor Will said, I'm Carl Green, the administrative pastor here, and uh, these two apples, yes, apples, they're the apples of this puppy's eye. These two apples are my grandsons, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you and tell you how old they are. 
My name's Nolan and I'm five. My name is Declan and I'm seven. All right. These guys are gonna help me give away the uh, Father's Day gifts this morning, so I'm excited to get to do this with y'all. Okay, all right, Nolan's got the gifts. You stand up, okay? <laughs> all right, I want you to give me a name. We'll take our first name out, just reach in and grab one at random. There you go, he's stirring the pot really good. All right, are you ready? Do you want to read it off to me? You want me to do it? Okay, our first giveaway is Mr. Aubrey Sullivan. And that's a good dad right there. Happy Father's Day, Aubrey. Yeah. All right, we're going to do one more here. We've got one more present, our gift. All right, Declan, would you grab another one for me? Stir it up really good. That's really good right there. We'll get back to y'all later. Give me a... <laughs> Just grab one. All right, now. Okay, you got a good one here too. All right, this next uh, gift goes to Mr. Greg Rincon. Another good dad. All right. Happy Father's Day to you, too, Mr. Greg. All right, guys, you ready? Thank y'all. Y'all give it up for Pastor Carl and these, uh, it's two-thirds of his boys, because uh, Carson's somewhere around here. Uh, now's the time where we get to give. Aren't you thankful that God has blessed you? Like, we love giveaways, but we love that God gives so much to us, and this is our time where we get to honor God in our giving. As you see on uh, the screen that there are five ways to give, but as you're looking at that on the screen, I want to let you know uh, something that our church has done. We love missions. We believe in missions here. And in the year of 2022, uh, our young people with BGMC gave $15,347.12. Can you give it up for these young people? We we love when young people grab the heart of God and, and participate in generosity and in giving. And that's one of the things that we value here because God loves a cheerful giver, not those that give out of compulsion, but when we choose to give as freely as he gives. And so I want to do a few things real quick. I'm going to go ahead and invite you to stand if you don't mind. And as you're standing, as we get ready to go into worship with our giving, our elders are and our prayer partners are getting ready to go to their various stations of prayer. And I know as uh, you may you may think like well, this is a unique transition. It's a, not a unique transition because not just are we giving financially, we're also giving in faith. We're partnering in faith for, to meet some of your prayer needs. And as they are at their various stations under the two exit signs, under the balcony and then under the balcony and then one in the balcony, we want you to know that we believe in healing. We believe in God divinely touching your bodies. And so as I get ready to pray over this time of giving and as we continue worship, we're going to believe that God shows up in this place because he's already here, but that he also moves in your life. Amen? So let's pray over our time to giving together. Father, thank you so much for your faithful people. Father, we're only being faithful in our generosity because you, you were the example of faithfulness. You modeled this for us, so we want to model what it looks like to be generous givers. And we are asking that you move in this service, not just bless those that are giving, but that you bless those that need something from you. 
that you move in their lives in a divine way, whether it's healing in their mind or in their physical body, their emotions, whatever this is, because even though today is a time of celebration, I know that for some of us, Father's Day can be difficult. So I'm asking for you to do what you said you would be in your word, which is be a father to the fatherless. And I ask for you to move amongst us in this place, in this worship moment, and we'll give you all the honor, the glory, the praise, and everyone said real loud, amen. Come on, let's worship together.
morning. God, we're so thankful that you meet with us. God, that you never abandon us or forsake us, Lord. That you walk with us through every valley. God, we recognize our desperate need for you today, Lord, above all else, above our jobs, Lord, above our relationships, above all else, God. We need you. We confess it today, God. of praise today we worship you god we thankful we are so thankful that you are faithful to us and you meet us in our hour of need we love you we give you praise in jesus name amen you may be seated Lifelong teacher, a comforter, and a patient listener, a hero, and a world changer, a gift from God above. 
a father is a high and holy calling. It is not only a blessing, but also a stewardship. Fatherhood is a precious opportunity and a divine responsibility because it is one of the many ways that God watches over all of us. A father is a protector and a provider, a hard worker and a family man, a role model and a faithful friend. And so from all of us to all of you, thank you to the fathers. for all the dads today. Yeah, those in the building and those watching online, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. What a joy it is to hang out with you today. And uh, why don't you go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word and say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today... I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. And make sure to turn to somebody next to you that is a dad and say happy Father's Day to them. Let them know. They may not have their kids with them in the building, uh, but we want them to know they are treasured and valued today. Yeah, you know, one of the things that always kind of disturbed me is I found through church history and a church life, it seemed as though we would spend so much time giving so much energy and effort toward our moms on Mother's Day, and then we would get up and give a, a wonderful sermon about how great moms are and how valued moms are, how loved moms are, how treasured and, and amazing that they are, how perfect in every way that they are. And then a month later, it's time to honor the dads, and it's like, you know, you come to church and the preacher gets up and goes, You all ain't right, you know, and they gotta get, like, we gotta somehow uh, take it up, and we could all like take it up a notch, right? All of us have that moment where we say we failed or we've been inconsistent in some way, but I just want you to know we absolutely positively celebrate fatherhood in this house. We celebrate men in this house. We celebrate those men of God that are willing to do their very best before the Lord to raise up a family, to assist in protecting, providing for them. And I just want to say we are proud to celebrate men and fathers in this house. Can we just take one more moment and give it up for them? We love you and we honor you today. Yeah. Well, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6 and as you're turning there, you know, all the kids at uh, the playground at one time or another, you know, they start to get into a little contest with whose dad is the best. My dad can beat up your dad and all this. And, and uh, I did hear a story one time about uh, some boys in the schoolyard and they were fighting over whose dad was the best. And one kid said, man, my dad is so cool. He just scribbles out a few words on a piece of paper. They call it a poem. And in return, they give him $500. For that for every poem he writes kids was like oh that's pretty good but my dad's better he said another one said my dad he writes a few words on a piece of paper he calls it a song they give him a thousand dollars for every one of those songs that he writes then this other son piped up and said hey my dad's the best of them all he said he scribbles a few things on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to take up all the money that comes in. 
So, son, thank you so much. I appreciate that, but it doesn't go to me, I promise. Anyway, <laughs> you know, we all have misconceptions about uh, our dads in some way because all of us had different upbringing, different child rearing, and different dads. And in our own minds, we've got this idea of what fatherhood really is. And um, I just want to say I'm so thankful for my dad. Growing up, I, ha I did have a wonderful childhood, and my dad was a, a wonderful father to me. And uh, matter of fact, he was such a, a, a father and friend to me that he was the honorary best man at my wedding, um, and he's a hero of mine. As a matter of fact, uh, he's right now at home recovering from a little bit of a sickness. So, Dad, I love you, and I honor you today on Father's Day, and uh, hope to give you a little gift later on today. But I'm also thankful for having three wonderful, amazing children. Uh, actually, my son Griffin is here on the front row. Cameron is home from college uh, for a short window on Father's Day, and I'm so glad you're here. And to my daughter, Taylor in Nashville, shout out to you. I love you. And I'm so incredibly proud of my kids. And the, the fact that they'd even want to celebrate me on Father's Day, that for them, it wasn't just another day of the year, but it was truly something that they wanted to do to celebrate the, the gift of fatherhood, and it just so happens to have my name attached to it. Man, I feel blessed. I feel so encouraged and so blessed. But today I want to talk to you about having a relationship with your heavenly father. And fatherhood is a blessing. It's a gift. It's an opportunity for us to represent God to our kids, to represent heavenly father to our children. And I just have to say, I remember the days when we first found out we were pregnant, oh my goodness, I was so apprehensive. I mean, of course, I was excited, but it was a nervous kind of excitement. Like, I was excited, and, and I, but I was so nervous. Like, am I going to be a good dad? What am I going to do? Am I going to mess up? Am I going to make mistakes? And of course, I never did, and that's pretty awesome. They know better. But I just had this mentality in my mind of what fatherhood was going to be like. And nothing could have prepared me for the joys and pains as, and the sorrows as well as the joys, the ups, the downs, the, all the moments of life that we would go through as parent and children relationships were developed through those young years all the way through. And, and I remember the day that uh, not only that we found out we were pregnant, but then nine months later getting ready to go to the hospital and all, you know, I mean, dads, honestly, we're kind of on the sidelines just cheering you on. Like we, you know, we can't really do a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, when our kids were born, the doctor said, do you want to cut the cord? I'm like, uh, I mean, I haven't been good historically with scissors, but I guess like give it, I don't know. Like I didn't go to med school for this one, but, but I, I was the separation between her and the kids. And, and I think about that, like, for you all, you may have great stories of you going to the hospital, and um, mine and Michelle's was a little bit different. Um, I remember Michelle's water broke, and we were headed to the hospital with the first one. And it was it was in the middle of the night, and I was really I, it was kind of toward the morning, and I, I knew it was breakfast time, and I knew I don't know about her, but I knew I would be hungry. I knew I would be hungry, and so she's 
in the car, and I'm like, hey, could we stop off at Dunkin' Donuts on the way? Because I just know I'm going to be hungry before this is over. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm living on this side of that moment as well, so I know. Yeah. So Dunkin' Donuts, we stopped off at Dunkin' Donuts on the way. I thought she'll make it. She's going to be fine. Um, so when the second child came along, uh, I decided to do the same thing. I thought, you know, it worked the first time. So every single one of our children before they were born, we stopped off at Dunkin' Donuts uh, to get me some donuts, so that, some munchkins, so that I could prepare for the little munchkins that would be running around. And that's why our daughter Cameron loves Dunkin' Coffee to this very day. I remember being so helpless waiting in the room with my wife as she was going through the contractions and all these things. And I remember the fi finally the moment where the child was going to be born. And so I came up close to her and I was just like munching on food the whole time, just kind of waiting and munching and waiting and munching and waiting and munching. And uh, finally, they, it was time for the baby to be born. And so I get right in her face and I'm holding her hand. You can do this. You can do this. And she said, if you don't get your wheat thin breath out of my face right now, I might have to slap you across the room. This sweet, beautiful, amazing, sensitive and tender woman would treat me with such disrespect. How could she do it? I'm in trouble now, aren't I? Hey, it's Father's Day. I can get away with anything today. I mean, look, I, I felt like I was helpless in the moment. I, I, I really did my best. But she was doing all the work. And then, now the children are born, which was awesome. But it was really weird. My wife was able to take care of our children in a different kind of way than I was equipped physically to take care of them. And so a lot of times they called out for mama, even though dada was standing right there. But I found out something. There's a chemical release that happens with a woman as she births a child with this instant bond and connection. And dads are often kind of physically uh, left out of the equation. Where we're, you know, and oftentimes the, the, the lady, if she's a working mom, she may have three months off for the maternity leave. Dad gets a, a couple of days. So the bonding process is a little bit different. And I'm just trying to tell, I'm trying to tell all the moms in the room what it's like to be a new dad is sometimes we feel slightly disconnected, like we're out of the picture. Our wives aren't really paying as much attention to us because they're paying attention to the kids so we're kind of left out on that regard and then the kids are crying out for mama instead of dad dad and we're left out of that equation but I know we're supposed to I'm supposed to provide and keep providing for my child and for my spouse and so I'm I'm working and trying to make a living and all of a sudden I'm just kind of out there and it was like when they were three or four years of age here's what I found when they could eat a McDonald's hamburger when they could put on their own shoes and when they could go to the bathroom by themselves, they were mine for life. Man, we could go out to putt-putt. We could go out to the, you know, all these fun little places with video games. I mean, all the places that I loved, you could come along with me. They didn't care. I just wanted to go have fun. 
No, but I could finally be what I thought was a dad, close or connected. All of a sudden, they wanted dad. And for those of you dads in the room, you know kind of what I mean, where there was that, that in, initial period maybe of separation for a, for a brief moment, but then all of a sudden, you are now included in the fun. And fatherhood, as I said, is a great, great blessing. One of the first things, and I felt the first responsibility that I had as a dad, is that the first words after I love you that we said to our kids, the first words they audibly heard after they were born was me reading over them Psalm 139. And that psalm talks about how much the Heavenly Father loves us, that He created us divinely and uniquely, that He gave us value. I wanted my kids to hear the word of God being spoken over them, that their very first uh, moments on this earth would be met with blessing from a father. And yet nothing could prepare me for the challenges because we're all imperfect. We're trying to represent an almighty heavenly father. And we went through a series back through Easter where we talked about Jesus and all of the characteristics of Jesus Christ that, that on this earth, 100% man, 100% God. Then we went into a series on the Holy Spirit where we talked about the characteristics of Holy Spirit, who He is, who He was, who, he's, who He is to us. And then now we feel like to kind of close out this series now talking about the Trinity that we would talk about Heavenly Father and who He is really like your understanding of heavenly father is going to affect every aspect of your life and when you get these misconceptions about god whether it's from movies or music or tv shows or social media or even religion or even from your earthly father you can you begin to have a misconception about who heavenly father is and it affects every area matter of fact uh, you can be, if you have that, these misconceptions, you can be more prone to worry and anxiety and fear and discouragement and frustrations, all because you have a misconception about who Heavenly Father really is. But Jesus Christ came to this earth to show us who Heavenly Father really is. He changed and challenged all the misconceptions, all the stereotypes. He showed us that God is not some impersonal, apathetic creator. He's not some angry tyrant that waits in heaven just to make you miserable. Father God is not some unconcerned force out there where he kind of wound up the world and then just sits back in an uncaring fashion with no involvement or intervention whatsoever and just benignly watches as we all as minions do our thing. No. Here's what Jesus taught the disciples, those 12 that were with him. They asked him something important. They noted that Jesus would go away at different times to spend time in prayer with his heavenly father. And so they said, teach us how to pray. And here's how Jesus described it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He says, this is how you should pray. And then he used these two words to describe how we should address the God of the universe. He says this, our Father, our Father in heaven. Jesus taught us the number one way to see God is to recognize him as our loving heavenly Father. By the way, 2,000 years ago, that was a radical concept. We understand uh, kind of 2,000 years later the aspects of the Trinity, and we've talked about the Trinity. We've talked about Father God, and we've discussed that often. But in that era, that was just 
totally absurd to them. As a matter of fact, over the first New, you know, you look at the Old and New Testament, over that first portion, the Old Testament, you can find out of all of those books of the Bible, you can find God being referred to as Father only seven times in all the Old Testament. And then you get to the New Testament and Jesus describes God as Father seven times just in this one chapter alone. Over 150 times in the New Testament, you see God as Father. And so we see this and we recognize that God is now not just some impersonal force, but he's truly, or or not just some power out there, but he's truly a personal heavenly father. Matter of fact, throughout the scriptures in the New Testament, it goes on to use this terminology, Abba, Daddy. It wasn't just a term of reverence and respect. It was truly a, a term of relationship, a term of endearment, a term of caring and affection. It's difficult to relate to some impersonal God in the universe somewhere that has no connection to us, but when when he's called a heavenly father, I get that. Like, I could have a conversation with dad. I can have a relationship with dad. I, I at least get that. I can understand that it's a positive term. The problem is, for some of us, it can be a term, father can be a term of deep resentment. Maybe for some of you, uh, your father wasn't there for you. Maybe he was abusive. He was there but abusive. Or maybe he was there but he was distant emotionally or relationally. For some of you, you, your dad may have been unconcerned or uncaring. And some people think, they hear that word father, they think of fear. Like, wait till your father gets home, you know? Like, he's the guy that's really going to lay down the law. He's the guy that's going to dish out the punishment. He's the, the heavy in the family. And so as human fathers, me included, we, sometimes we can be selfish or self-motivated or demanding or demeaning or inconsistent. And if you have a warped image of Father God, it can really distort your image of who you are as a son or as a daughter in Christ Jesus. Your beliefs begin to make a difference, but you need to know heavenly father is different from earthly fathers, right? God is perfect. And today, I'm going to take just a few moments. I'm going to dismantle some of the misconceptions about God, and then I want to talk to you about who God our father really is. First of all, some people think God is just unreasonable, like he's, he gives us these rules and regulations that we have to follow through with restrictions and religion, and he wants to remove all of our fun from us. Friends, can I just tell you, God is not some mean, hateful curmudgeon that sits up in heaven waiting for us with a scowl scowl on his face waiting for us to make mistakes. And sometimes we get the the distorted image about Heavenly Father because of the challenges that we've had with our earthly father. He's not inconsistent. He's not happy one day and ticked off the next. Some people don't even want to pray to God. Because they just presume that, uh, that God doesn't like them. Like there's just something about you God doesn't like. Or God is just moody. <laughs> Maybe like your own dad growing up. Whatever that may be. He's inconsistent. Friends, God is, 
is consistent. He's a loving, faithful father. Some people think God's just unreliable, like you just can't count on him. Maybe some of you have been hurt in life by people, and you, that, you attribute that hurt to God. Like if God really loved me, then people wouldn't hurt me. Can I tell you the greatest gift that God could have ever given humankind was the freedom of choice. We have a choice right now to choose good or evil. God gave us the free will to choose. He didn't make us robots that have to always do right all the time. And because of that free will to choose, then other people can tend to hurt us. And friends, we are so off in our thinking that we would blame God because of someone else's stupid decision to hurt us. Friends, God's not out to hurt you. God loves you. People might hurt you, but God still loves you with an everlasting love. Don't blame God because of someone else's stupid mistakes. The fact is, we put all our focus on somebody else hurt us, but we don't realize that by our own free will to choose, we've hurt other people as well. And so we have to look at that and recognize that in ourselves. But God didn't cause it. People did. Some people assume God's just unconcerned, like he just, he's not even with you like emotionally, he doesn't care relationally, like he's just unconcerned, and I want to tell you he's a caring father, Matthew chapter 10 verse 29 says it like this, not even one sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing, can I just tell you, if he cares about little tiny birds that can fall out of a nest and he knows when that happens and he recognizes it, how much more does he love and care about you and is concerned about everything you're going through? Friends, he's, he's not this unpleasable guy up in heaven that no matter what you do, it can, it's never good enough, right? Like on your report card, if you, got, if you worked hard and you got C's, God wanted B's. If you got B's, God wanted A's. He wasn't happy with you. He was unpleasable. And friends, sometimes when we're raised by unpleasable parents, we think that God is unpleasable as well. But friends, your, your acceptance with God is not based on your performance. <laughs> friends, it's based on God's character. From the beginning, God had a plan in advance to take away our sin that we might be made acceptable, righteous. Matter of fact, God wants a relationship with you so bad that he would send his one and only son to this earth to live a sinless life and then die on a cruel cross for our sins that we might be made acceptable, connected with God. Maybe your dad was unre unreliable or unreasonable or unloving. And friends, I I'm sorry that they hurt you truly, deeply, I'm sorry. But I want you to know that doesn't represent our heavenly father. And today on Father's Day, I feel like it's good that you just kind of open up your mind and set aside your preconceived notions about who heavenly father really is and what he thinks about you and go right to the bible to figure out what does god say about himself his nature and his character or what does the bible have to say about our heavenly father and i believe when you do you'll find that the truth will finally set you free who is father god well first of all we know he's a caring father He's compassionate, he's loving, he's gracious, he cares about you. He loves you more than you could ever comprehend. Psalm 103 says it like this in verse 13. As a father has compassion on his kids, and he's talking about, listen, the dads that are doing it right, that the moments that they were caring and loving, the, day, the days that they were concerned, the days that they gave of themselves, 
He says, the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. One of the times in the New Testament, Jesus was with his disciples and they were in a boat. The Bible says that Jesus was sleeping and all of a sudden a storm arose. And the disciples run over to Jesus freaking out. And they ask the most human question that many of us have asked at times about our Heavenly Father. He, they look at Jesus and say, don't you care? <laughs> don't you care about what I'm going through right now? Don't you care about the wind and the waves? And of course, Jesus then rebukes the wind and the waves and it all calms down. But that profound question in human existence goes, does God really care about my problems? Does God really care about my pain? Does God really care about my stress or my worry or my anxiety or my fear? Does God really care about what happens to me? The answer is overwhelmingly, always, consistently, yes, he does. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Friends, he cares about your financial needs. He cares when you're going through stuff. He cares if your kids need braces. He cares when you've got a financial crisis. He cares about what's going on at your job. He cares about you when you were a student growing up and you were afraid about tests that you, you know, were coming. He, he cares about the boyfriend-girlfriend relationships that you had growing up. He cares if you've been hurt before. He cares about the pains of your life. He wants to have communication and conversation about those moments that have stressed you out or worried you. He cares about what's going on in your mind, those cycles of negative spinning spirals that sometimes take you downward. He cares about your disappointment. He cares about it all. God cares about your house payments. He cares about your investments. He cares about your hopes, your dreams, your marriage. He cares about it all. Matter of fact, the Bible goes so far as to say God cares so much that every hair on your head is not just counted but numbered. And it was, it's much easier for him now with me than it's ever been before. But I've said it before. It's like those of you that have hair. Like when you're combing your hair, he knows that that hair that landed in the sink or landed in your brush, that that was number 3,528. Like how into you can God be? That he doesn't just care about how you feel, but he cares about every hair on your head to have it numbered. Friends, it's not because he's into hair. He's into you. Friends, he loves you. You got to realize how much Heavenly Father loves you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32 says it like this. Don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Your Heavenly Father knows you need these things. Friends, as dad's in the room, you don't want your kids worried about having clean drinking water today? Like, where are we going to get clean drinking water? You don't want your kids to worry about the ability to have clothing that they can put on their backs to cover their bodies. You don't want them to be afraid about where their next meal is coming from. You want to take on some responsibility as a dad to help provide those things. And friends, as a good father, I want you to know he cares about all those things. And he says, don't worry, I've got you. He's committed to that. God's a consistent father. You can count on him all day, every day. He's dependable. James chapter 1, verse 17 says it like this. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our father. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Friends, he's worthy of our trust. He's not moody. He's not angry. 
He never changes. I had a moment relatively recently, but I've talked to my son about this a good bit. And you guys that have been around, you know my relationship with my kids. That all these years, as my girls were little, I always saw them as my little girls. And even now, to this very day, even though they're grown, sort of, that I still see them as little girls, perpetually as little girls, as daddy's little girls. Like, I always got to watch out for them. I always got to protect them. And if I hear on the phone, daddy, I'm like, okay, where are you? How much money do you need? Where can I go? Who can I beat up? That's just my protective nature. And as as a dad with little girls, it it just seemed like I didn't want to mess them. I didn't want to break them. You know what I mean? Like when I watched them, I didn't want to like over-discipline, do anything like harsh words. Like I just, I I was trying to be so careful because I just always saw them perpetually as little girls. But then with my son, I knew what it took to be a man in this world and the strength that it required and that, hey, we don't always get off days, that we got to work extra hard and, and we got to do things right and protect and provide for our family. I, I knew one day uh, if, he, if he was desiring this, that he'd be, one day become uh, maybe a husband and a, and a father. And so I wanted to train him up that way. And so I always saw him as a growing young man, not just perpetually a little boy. Now, my wife would say that she saw him even to this day, he's got a beard, per- per- perpetually a little boy. He often would like look at her and say, hey, hey, you see the beard? Like I'm a man, okay? I'm just telling you I'm a man. Where are you going, son? It's 10 o'clock. Yes, I know, mom. I've been out of college for a while. I'm a man. I, I have a, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> But I always saw him as a growing young man. And so I I tended to treat him a little harsher based on the fact that I knew what it was like to be a man. And so even from from childhood on, I've I've raised him and tried to train him that way. And yet I, at times, was too harsh. And so there were many times, so many times, I can't tell you how many times I would have my daily devotions uh, just by myself reading the Bible or praying and all of a sudden I'd get this sinking feeling from the Lord in my spirit that he would bring up the last time I was harsh with my son and I have to go, to apo- go and apologize to him, whether he was five or 15. And through the years, I've had to apologize to him many times. Hey, son, if I was too harsh with you, I want you to know dad apologizes And I didn't slap him around or beat him up or anything. It wasn't like that. It it was just, I sensed it was just a little too harsh. You know, like when he was playing soccer and um, I told him, never let the enemy, talking about the other team, never let the enemy think they got one up on you. Like if if they knock you down, you you hop right back up. Like, you know, just just show them your strength, you know? And little did I know that... um, that one time that he broke his ankle and jumped right back up and walked all the way across the field on a broken ankle. Not the smartest move dad gave you. Not the smartest advice. But I asked him just the other day, I said, hey, son, listen, I just want you one, once again, hey, if there was a time that comes up in your brain where I was too harsh with you, go ahead and let me know. Like, I'd rather you tell me than have to pay, you know, $1,000 for counseling. So just let me know. I'll try to like, I'll try, I'll try not to justify it. I'll try to talk it out with you. And he said to me, he said, you know what, dad, you've said this for a while and, and you know, now that I'm a man and you know, I'm, I'm starting to pay bills and I'm starting to do these things, he's like, honestly, because I told him, I'm like, hey, some, sometimes, son, honestly, it was just all the, the intensity of 
provision and protection and all the things that I had on my plate, the weight I was carrying, sometimes I just let that spill over on you. He's like, look, Dad, I got to tell you, as a man now, seeing the bills that, that, that are having to be paid and all this stuff, he's like, I'm surprised you weren't that way all the time. Like, I thought, son, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a pass on Father's Day. And if the worship team would come as we prepare to close out, we need consistency in an inconsistent and unpredictable world. Second Timothy says it like this, even if we are faithless, God remains faithful. Let me say that again. Even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. And I'm so glad that God's been with me along the journey trying to raise children and and do the right things at the right time in the right way and often missing it up and missing the mark. But friends, we need to know that God is always the same, that he never changes. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, God says of himself, I the Lord do not change. I don't change. Matter of fact, in Romans chapter 11 verse 29, it says God will never go back on his promises. Psalm 59.10 says, my God is changeless in his love for me. And sometimes when we live with inconsistent fathers, we grow up thinking that God is the same way. We just presume that. We put a wrong image in our minds and especially the broken promises sometimes. Those of you that grew up with dads that were inconsistent, you had broken promises. They promised one thing and they didn't show up for you. They weren't there when, when you needed them. And I told this story a few years ago, but it's such a blessing on my heart. And Dad, you're watching today. But this one moment in time when I was uh, pretty young, my dad, at the beginning of the day, had promised that when he got home from work, we were going to have a snowball fight. Now, I know you don't know what that is. Snow is something that falls from the sky, and it actually stays on the ground until it grows high like this, and then we would roll it into something called a snowball and then we would try to kill each other with those snowballs. That's what it was like to grow up in Michigan, okay? And so my dad said, yeah, I'll do that. And he was headed out for the day and he got caught up in all these assignments of the day and my dad was a pastor. And so all these assignments came and it was this and one thing after another. And he ended up being late coming home. And by the time he got home, it was real late. It was real late. But my mom let me stay up until my dad got home. And I, I have to tell you, I was expecting as a son that my dad was going to go, hey, buddy, listen, it's too late for the snowball fight. Maybe another time. And you know what? That would have been reasonable. But he did something incredibly unreasonable to remind me that dads want to keep their promises. And what he did for me that night was a beautiful tribute to show me how Heavenly Father doesn't, keep, doesn't break his promises, that he's a promise keeper. So what my dad did was we turned on all the lights in the backyard, and I'm sure my neighbors wanted to call the cops. But around 11 o'clock, we got out there, put on all of our snow gear, and went out there and had the biggest snowball fight I've ever had to this day. I, I haven't had snowball fights with my son, with my with my uh, uh, my friends growing up like I did with my dad that day. Man, that it went into the night. We were carrying on, and 
tackling each other and just throwing stuff at, at each other. I mean, friends, I want you to know that that one moment put inside of me a desire to keep my promises. And I want you to understand that even though dads sometimes can be inconsistent, and I don't know what you grew up with today, some of you, your, your filter of father is so horrible that even Father's Day, you don't even want to think about today. You don't even want to put that, like the idea of respecting someone who is abusive, someone who hurt you, someone whose words were consistently against you, or a father that you didn't even know what that father's voice sounded like because it was completely absent from your life. Or others of you that you felt like he was there, but not really emotionally, relationally there. He was just aloof. He was distant. You, you needed him and he wasn't there. Or maybe you had a good dad growing up and, and that's great. It just seems like the, the pendulum swings so far with a group of this size that I feel like I need to address everybody in the room and recognize that even the best dad with the best intentions, trying his best every day, still pales in comparison to the love of Heavenly Father. And in this room, I really feel like God's calling me right now, first of all, that on behalf of every dad who is inconsistent, every dad who is abusive, every dad who treated you poorly or made you feel less than or devalued, Today, I want to stand here as a representative of him and say, I'm sorry. On behalf of every father who ever hurt you in this room or online, I'm sorry. Forgive me, if you will, for those of you who experience pain, brokenness, and abuse. I ask for your forgiveness today I desire for you to have a spiritual father a heavenly father who you would know loves you with an everlasting love and I want to speak over you like I would my own children that I love you deeply that I honor who you are I value your uniqueness. I speak life over you. I speak freedom over you for every difficult moment. I speak strength and health, life. I speak over every man in this room that you would be a man of God, of great courage, of great strength. But inside of you, as a grown man, inside of every grown man is a small boy who was growing up who needed affirmation and assurance. I want you to know I'm proud of you. I love you. I believe in you. For you ladies in the room that needed an affirming dad, you didn't hear his voice whispering to you, I want to whisper to you today as a spiritual father, you're loved, you're accepted, you're valued. Your father cares. He sees you as beautiful and as priceless 
today, as a dad, I speak life over you. I want to tell you how amazing you are. That you're not second best. And you're not second rate. But you're first place. You're the apple of his eye. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And today, if this is the first time you're ever hearing this, I want you to know you can believe these words because they don't just come from a guy on a stage. They come from God's heart because he loves you. And friends, if you, when you really get that, when you understand who you really are in Christ, when you understand the significance of who God truly made you to be, when you understand the value of your fingerprints and why God would choose to put his love in the grooves of your hands then you'll begin to truly understand who you are and then you can treat yourself the way God treats you and you can choose to treat others the way God has treated you with a love that is unmatched it's unmistakable today let this Father's Day be a day of healing as a matter of fact I believe God wants to give every one of you Regardless of if you're a male or a female in this room, I believe God as his children wants to give you the, the greatest Father's Day gift he could ever give you. The gift of approval and acceptance. You say, well, how do you know that God the Father thinks that way? Well, listen, he sent his one and only son. And you can watch in the New Testament that God spoke over his son only a few times in scripture. But in the times that he spoke over his son, in scripture every time he said this is my son in whom I love in him I am well pleased and I want you to know today God the Father speaks over you to, to you to say you are my child and I love you with an everlasting love and I accept you I embrace you Let's pray together. God, in this room, I sense healing taking place from years of maybe abuse or mistreatment or brokenness or pain. Lord, this sermon or this time together or these reflective moments don't undo that pain and that hurt. And to forget those things that hurt us would be to neglect the very things that we have to process. But Lord, I pray we would see it in a different way. We would see ourselves through your eyes, not through the words that were spoken over us, but the words that were literally carved into who we are as human beings as the children of Most High God. Matter of fact, in this room, would you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed? And before we even go into a moment where we give people an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives, I want you each to take a moment of reflection and I want you to see yourself as a child growing up. And maybe you were in a difficult moment, a difficult situation, a time where you felt hurt or wounded in some way. And I want you to see Heavenly Father just step into that moment right now. 
And I want you to see in his eyes his love, his care, his concern over you. And I want you to see him just put his arms out like he's ready to to pick you up and to hold you tight. And I want you to see him holding you in those moments of hurt. As a heavenly father, as a loving and protective father, to see him loving you right now. So Lord Jesus, we see you as who you chose to reveal yourself to us as in those characteristics. Help us to see you as a loving father. Help us to see you as a God who wants to know us and loves us and values us and protects us. A perfect father who's compassionate and consistent and caring. Help us to see you step into every moment of pain and reassure us that we are your children. While heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, there may be some you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area. Friends, that would be the greatest joy of mine to introduce you to a heavenly Father who loves you and made a way for you to have your sins forgiven. And so today, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into this moment to make Jesus Christ truly the Lord of your life. And in doing so, having those sins separated from you as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you. And to truly make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If that's you in this room, all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, or those watching online today, I want you to do this. Simply acknowledge that need. I say, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer. And by slipping up your hand or raising your hand, you're just saying, Mark, include me in this prayer right now. Come on, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, I'm just, yes, God bless you. Over here, yes, in the back. Yes, in the balcony. God bless you. Yeah, anybody else? That's you today. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, friends, Heavenly Father sees your response today. It's not that I acknowledge it. It's that all of heaven responds. When, they, when you're acknowledging him, the Bible says he'll acknowledge you in a unique way, eternally. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to lead all of us in this closing prayer. But before I do, I want to pray over each and every one of you. So I'm going to pray over you first, and then I'm going to ask you to pray in response in just a moment. But first, let me pray a prayer over you. Lord Jesus, in this room, there may be hurting people. There may be those that are struggling, maybe through a, a negative father filter, or others that just, they're looking back as a dad over their inconsistencies and feeling unworthy. But God, you are the one that makes us worthy. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen our resolve that we might know who we are, have an identity in Christ, be so strengthened in our faith and resolve that we recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that you would strengthen our faith as we see who you really are. Now in this room, could we all pray this prayer together and those watching online, you can repeat this out loud after me. Simply say this, say, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's say it together. Say, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for all my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for being a loving father. 
thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up all over this house and begin to give God praise as we worship and celebrate Him as our Heavenly Father? Come on, let's worship Him. God for a million, was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. some of our leaders to head out into our foyer and uh, outside before you get to the main doors to leave just on the left there's uh, a guest reception sign and a couple stanchions that lead to it but it's it's just meant for all of our first-time guests that maybe have not received a gift for being here we want to make sure that you receive a gift today for being with us we want to greet you I promise we won't take up a bunch of your time but we just want to uh, celebrate that you're here today and I want to take a moment and speak a blessing over you may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace and may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my children no one can take you from my hand may you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you and may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your children, to your social media sphere of influence, to your spouse. I bless you to be a blessing in the name of Jesus Christ that you might represent Father God and his love for his children. I bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you next week. God bless you. You're dismissed.